Wow, what a morning, hey? God, it's so good. Ah, I love seeing baptisms. It's like a, a crazy combination of praise going on and chaos over here and the kids. You know, you know your family when everybody's having fun, but they're all doing something different, you know. And um, I love to see the church as a family. We're not just an army, we're a family, we're a community of believers. And um, I just want to say um, thank you again to Majesty Rose and John for coming today and playing with Chris and Summer on our team and just taking us to another level. Who just enjoyed that experience with God? It was like we were in heaven with him. And um, I'm going to look forward to rewinding and playing that in my living room this week, I think. I'm going to use it as an opportunity for some more prayer and warfare. Um, well, this, this morning, um, the title of my message is Encountering God in Your Wilderness. And I think we just saw an opportunity of what we need to look like not in our quiet times, but in our noisy times with the Lord, in our times of standing in faith and st- um, times of contending and magnifying Jesus, his name over our problems. Because, you know, so often we can get hijacked with our relationship with Jesus because we see wilderness as a self-inflicted punishment by God. But actually God He prunes us in the wilderness. He refines us. He is with us. He's never far away from our difficulties. And, you know, so often we don't understand the the seasons that we're in. Some seasons are really hard where we feel like we're in the valley. And then some seasons we feel like we're on mountaintops. But, you know, wherever we are, our spirit is called to worship, is called to praise, is called to intimate friendship with our creator, our father. And so this morning, I want to take us through the story of Jesus being baptized. It's interesting we had the baptisms, but, you know, and how he was led into the wilderness after his baptism. But, you know... We have an opportunity in our difficult times to get better or to get bitter. You know, and God is working his purposes and working all things out for good for those who love him and who are called according to his purposes. That's his promise to us. But so often we, we hijack the plans of God, and, and we often give up too soon, just on the edge of our breakthrough. But you see, every, oppo- every time we go through challenging things, there's an opportunity to get out of it quicker. Have you heard that saying that, you know, you, you can keep going around the mountain on the same issue? If we don't learn the lessons, then we end up doing the same things over and over. And we know what the definition of insanity is. Doing the same things and expecting different results. And the Holy Spirit wants to intervene in our lives so that we can get different results in our lives. That we can be, we can go from glory to glory in his love and in his grace. 
Who remembers the 80s song, Billy Ocean? When the going gets tough, the tough get going. And, you know, sometimes you don't... I mean, I used to sing... We used to sing all that stuff in the 80s. You know, 80s revamped right now. But, you know, we don't realize that we're actually made of tough stuff when we're squeezed, when we're pressed, when we're afflicted. That is when the goodness of God, the spirit of God, the life of God is released in us to another, mes- to another measure. And... I'd like to turn now to Luke 3. We're going to read at the end of Luke, and then we're going to read into Luke, Luke 3, end of Luke 3, and then into Luke 4. Verse 21 talks about when Jesus was baptized by John for the forgiveness of sins. It says the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The heavens were opened. The voice of the Father, the Holy Spirit descended in the form of a dove. You know, over our lives, the heavens are opened. We've been singing about it this morning. The heavens are opened. They're not brass over your life. The voice of the Father speaks to us daily. We can have that daily encounter with his love. We can know his presence in the form of the Holy Spirit. God is love. And so when he sends the Holy Spirit to us, he comes in love. He comes in all sorts of other ways too, but he comes as, as himself. And Jesus was baptized at the beginning of his ministry before he'd done anything. And the father spoke to him and said, you're my beloved. And it was like, it was a public announcement. It was an affirmation of his identity. And then it goes on to say that, and Jesus full of the spirit. You see, after a moment, a high in an encounter where we hear the voice of God, we feel the love of God, we feel the Holy Spirit over us. We're led then from, by the Holy Spirit, but what we don't expect is to be led into something that is a bit tricky. You know, often when we have an encounter with God, the enemy will try and steal the gravity, the, the joyous encounter that that was from us. He tries to steal all the things that the Holy Spirit wanted to do in that moment. But Jesus, it says he was full of the Spirit in Luke 4, and he returned from the Jordan, but he was led into the wilderness. The Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. Can you believe that? After this incredible high, wow, boom, the heavens open, Jesus was tested right away. And it said that the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. You know, so often we think it's the devil attacking us only. But you see, the Holy Spirit knows our journey. He knows our journey. And sometimes he leads us into things that can be challenging. Again, are we going to get bitter or are we going to get better? And it says that for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. 
and he ate nothing during those days. When they were ended, he was hungry. That's a bit of an overstatement, right? He was hungry. He was weak. He was vulnerable. He'd been without food. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, to you, I will give all this authority and their glory for it has been delivered to me and I give it to whom I will. And if you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Verse 9, and he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple, the very temple, said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and on their hands they shall bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him again. It is said, you shall not put the Lord your God to a test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. You see, then Jesus went on and began his ministry. That's the title in my Bible before verse 14. But what had happened if, the, if Jesus had succumbed to any of those temptations? It would have been an end probably to what we know went on to happen, which was Jesus did his ministry and then he took our sin and shame and died that death on the cross so that we could be united with him. And we can live with our own open heaven in him. Jesus, for the joy set before him, he saw his pathway. He saw the joy ahead of him. He, he was faithful to that call. And it said that after the devil left him, Jesus returned, verse 14, in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. There was something that he had overcome. He had gone from seeing the hand of God leading him into the wilderness, and then he was led out with power. And so often we don't realize that in the squeezes, in those times of struggle and wilderness seasons, that, you know, seasons can come and go. We know the winter's about done in my mind right now. I'm done with the cold and the wet. We're ready for a new... Sorry about that. I accidentally flicked it off. We were ready for springtime, right? You know, seasons come and go. But if we don't learn the lessons in the wilderness, that season will be prolonged. Just think of the children of Israel. They wandered around the desert for 40 years that we know was a journey that could have been ended in weeks. And so 
Do we want to learn the lessons so that we come out in the power of the Holy Spirit? And you know, when we're young and we're growing up, we put our children to bed and apparently children grow when they're sleeping. But do you ever see them grow every, every day that they wake up? Do you see the difference? It's not until you, you go and visit somebody that's not seen your children for a long time that they like, oh, wow, they grew. And you're like, yes, I guess they did. And, and so often we don't see that we are growing in those moments, that we have an opportunity in the power of the Holy Spirit and walking with Jesus in that friendship place of, of lifting his name up and seeing that God is working out our circumstances for good, that we are growing. We are growing and flexing our spiritual muscles every time we yield to the, the purposes of God. And it says that he became very popular, and people glorified him. We know that Jesus wasn't affected by that. In fact, he, he ran away from that glory, didn't he? He would often want to hide from the crowd. But he came out in such power that it was so obvious that he was carrying the anointing and the presence of the Holy Spirit in his life. And then he went on. To, to bring to remembrance that scripture from the Old Testament, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. This was verse 18, so it just comes on. He talks about the spirit of the Lord being on him because he's been anointed to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the Lord's favor the year of the Lord's favor. You see, Jesus, he knew he'd won that victory and he was able to come out in the power and know who he was and what he had been called to do by his father. He knew he wasn't promoting himself. He was able to say, I am anointed. I am anointed to carry the good news. You see, there's something about our circumstances that will convince us if we allow God to, to teach us and to grow us in those times where we can come out knowing that we stand because he has anointed us. And we go to our workplaces because he's anointed us to declare the year of God's favor, to, bring, to preach the good news to the poor, to heal those that are sick and to proclaim freedom for those that are in bondage of, of the devil. You know, do you know that this year, that even as you come out of a, a squeeze that you may have been in, or you may be still working, walking through it, that God has got that plan for you. So Jesus, I want to pull out some things that, some lessons there, and some of the challenges that Jesus had that we can relate to. Actually, many of us, our very person, our very calling. You see, the first challenge that Jesus had was on a full-blown attack on his body and his bodily needs. He was fasting. He was in a weak and vulnerable place in his body. And his emotions, I would think. You know, we know that if you're hungry and thirsty, you can get hangry. <laughs> and my family... 
notice when I get hangry. They say, do you need to eat something? And for the longest time before that expression, I used to think, wow, my blood sugar's dropping. I need to eat something. But once I was able to say I'm hangry, it was an opportunity to be fully understood. Rachel gets me over there. No excuse, but go and eat some food, right? Um, yeah, and your family know you best. And so he, he was vulnerable. And in that moment of weakness and tiredness, the devil came in and tempted his identity, saying, if you are the son of God, turn the stones to bread. He was challenging him in his fasting, but he was challenging his identity as a son. And his hunger was what the enemy preyed upon, that vulnerability, that weakness in his soul and and his flesh, his actual body. You see, there's a fight. The devil has a fight against the pleasures of our uh, flesh. You know, whether it's overeating, eating the wrong food, too much of the wrong food, drinking too much, spending too much. You see, the enemy wants to come and tempt us. But do we know that if we're called to be a son and a daughter, we can stand? We can stand. And we can submit our emotions, our mind, our will, and the thoughts that we believe, even some of the lies that we've believed in our heart against ourselves. We We can yield to the Holy Spirit so that the enemy doesn't attack us in our mind. You know, because we think if we failed, then it's over. But perseverance says, no, I can, I can start again. Tomorrow is a new day. I don't have to give in to the pleasures of my flesh and the sins of the flesh and the temptations of the flesh. The second challenge that the enemy wants to come and challenge us in is our influence and power. Because in verse 5, he shows him the kingdoms of the world. The devil shows Jesus. And he puts his divinity to a test. The, the devil knows scripture. He kind of used it against Jesus, threw, threw the book at him. But Jesus was full of the word of God. He, he grew up in the scriptures. He knew the word. And he knew you don't put the Lord, your God, to a test. You see, the world wants to offer us power and influence, but in the wrong way. You know, if we promote ourselves, we will become a somebody. And there's an underlying insecurity that's peaked in us that says, I'm a nothing and a nobody. And so we live as an orphan son or daughter. We don't realize that when we came into the family of God, we were given everything. And the the enemy wants to tempt us in our identity so that we forget who we are and what we've called to do as a son and a daughter. And he wants to offer us power. There's There's an allure, you know. 
If only I could earn six figures, if I could drive this car, if I could get promoted to this position, then I'll be a somebody. And we, we believe the lies that we've got to keep striving, striving to, to earn recognition from the world. But Jesus didn't need to prove who he was. He, he was full of the spirit and made an impact. He made an impact without trying and he would, he would rather run away from the crowds than seek the approval of the crowds. The third challenge was testing God's supernatural powers over angels. Again, twist on the power. You see, Jesus had been given all things. He'd come from heaven. Why would he need to prove that he was powerful? You know, and so often we forget that we're powerful. We're hidden in Christ. We've been given everything in the kingdom. And if we lose sight of, of the, the angels being available to help us in our time of need, then we feel like we've got to believe what the enemy's trying to say. Again, he was like, if you are the son of God, did you notice every challenge he kept coming back to his identity? You see, if he can undermine your identity, your heart will want to belong to another instead of God as your father. And it says that after that point... The devil left Jesus. But if you remember the passage, he left Jesus, but he was waiting for another opportune moment. You see, the enemy, he comes and he tries to tempt us, shake us. For some of us, it's once or twice or several times a day. Other of us, it's not as often or as obvious But most of it is in our heart and our thought life and our emotions, our sense of belonging, our sense of knowing who we are in in God. But in Romans 8, it, it talks about as those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. You see, not only is the Holy Spirit the one that will lead you into a wilderness place, He'll take you out in the power of his spirit, but he'll lead you so that you know that you're a son of God and you're walking as a son. You're walking in your spiritual identity so that the circumstances around you don't rock you because all you see is I'm walking with my daddy. I'm encountering his love. I'm yielding to him for my friendship and for my emotional needs and for my needs of significance and my needs of affirmation. Wherever we start looking elsewhere, we're already beginning to live like an orphan son or daughter. Verse 15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Fear of man fear of what people are going to think of us, fear of ourselves, fear of letting God down. But you've received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy, Daddy God. We can say Daddy. 
The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. You see, an orphan doesn't know who their daddy is. But we are sons and we are being perfected in his love. We're being led by his spirit. And we're allowing that spirit of adoption that came on us when we were born again to begin to mature in us so we have an understanding of who he is. That he has adopted me. And he's not just adopted me as a baby. He's adopted me to become an heir with Jesus Christ. You know, when babies are adopted, they don't know who, who the family is that they've been adopted into. They, could go, they go, could go from rags to riches overnight, literally, and that's what happened to you and I. We were adopted with a spirit that put us into this incredible royal family where we are children of the royal king of kings. We have been given a promise. We have been given an identity that we don't have to stray from our father's household and from our father's business because there's nothing to compare. And at times, you know, in my own life when I felt this insecurity about who I was and what I was called to and I begin to doubt, I just ask the father, come and show me what that adoption really means, that spirit that says I'm no longer a slave of my own fear, but I'm called and I'm chosen with a promise. And we can just know him. So there are some promises that God gives us in this season. You know, God allows times of testing, wilderness experiences, times in the valley, You know, he doesn't hide us from difficulties. James 1 verse 2 says it to us. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Not if you face trials, whenever. And this last year has been a year of trials in so many ways, hasn't it? For many of us, different ways. Yeah, it's been incredible, an incredible year of opportunity. But so often new opportunities don't come, up, come without the trials. So James says, whenever you face trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, consider it joy. You see, joy is not about happiness alone. Joy is deeper. Joy is this, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Joy is in the kingdom. Joy is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's not something that we have to produce. You know, that's why you can read accounts of, of people that were persecuted for their faith physically, but they're full of joy. You know, Stephen, when he was being stoned, he was, his face was looking into heaven and he was joyful. It's that kind of joy that only comes in the kingdom. And he says, when, consider it pure joy. Because your faith, the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may 
be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Wow. So there's a purpose, there's a promise in that, that God is allowing it for our maturity. Wow. And just like you don't see your kids growing during the night, every morning, you look back and you see that you've grown. You can see they've grown and people around you can see that you've grown. It says there's a promise as well from God that he will give us drink. He will sustain us. He will sustain us in those wildernesses experience. And Jesus talks about this in John 4, that whoever is thirsty, come to me and drink. The water I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. There are waters of the Spirit that the Holy Spirit himself wants to give you so that when you're thirsty and you're dry, he wants to fill you up. He wants to give you something to drink. He promises to sustain us. So even though Jesus was physically fasting, he was able to receive from his father all that he needed. I believe for 40 days he was listening to his father and listening to the voice of God and and saying, Father, you will sustain me today. You have called me your son. I am precious to you. And that's the living water, the, the flow of the Holy Spirit, hearing his voice for our situation, being filled where we feel weak with his strength. Revelation says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Revelation 21, the beginning and the end. That's God himself. He's the beginning and the end. I will give water to all who are thirsty as my gracious gift. They will continuously drink from the fountain of living water. That's from the Passion Translation. As a gracious gift to you in your times of trial and dry wilderness experiences, he graciously gives us the fountain of living water, the Holy Spirit himself. Wow, who's excited about that? That is incredible. The word of God is living and active and he wants to come and sustain you. The next promise is that he creates streams in our desert. So not only does he give us the water to keep filling us, he gives us streams in the wilderness. And Isaiah 35 says, The wilderness and the dry ground shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Wow. Wow. Strengthen the weak hands and and make firm the feeble knees. That's how often we feel, don't we, in those times of testing wilderness. We feel weak. We feel unsteady. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong and fear not. Wow. 
The voice of God himself comes to us in our anxiety and when we're feeling fearful and depressed and weak. And he says, strengthen your weak hands. Make firm those weak knees and fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. And the recompense of God, he will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute will sing for joy. Can you feel this bubbling up that God wants to release to us in our times of testing? For waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. You see, that very much sounds to me like Jesus coming out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit and beginning his ministry. That he was girded up with strength, that he was able to go to a place where he was to go and minister so that the deaf ears were unstopped and the lame men were leaping. For the waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water in the haunt of jackals where they lie down. The grass shall become reeds and rushes and a highway shall be there and it shall be called the way of holiness. The highway of holiness in the desert is yet to be written by each of us in this room, that God has a plan to create a highway of his holiness and the fear of the Lord in our lives that we begin to recognize the hand of God leading us in, but leading us through and leading us out in his power. That's what God wants to do today. He wants to affirm us in our identity. He wants to remind us that he is good, that he has not sent this to test us for no reason. He has allowed it so that we begin to see the greater glory of Christ within us. Who is the hope of our glory, isn't he? He's the hope of our salvation. He's the joy of our salvation. He's the reason we live. He's the reason we live our life for him, for his glory, for, for him to get the reward of our lives, our laid down lives, our hearts that often feel broken, but like perfume, they're being offered at his feet. Why don't we stand, everyone? Because the end. The enemy wants to come and steal the moment. He wants to steal the word. He wants to steal our identities. He wants us to make us believe that God isn't good, that God isn't faithful. He'll come and attack our minds. And I just feel today that the Father wants to affirm our identities in him as sons and daughters of the King. So that we can move forwards knowing that he's with us. He's with us in our difficult um, workplaces that we find ourselves in. He's in us when we're facing financial difficulties or broken relationships. He wants us to know that we are his sons and daughters with promise. We're not orphans any longer where we're left to our own devices. He wants to come and father you every single day. He wants to give you his water of life.
So, Father, would you come right now? Would you, Spirit of the Father and Spirit of Adoption, come and land on every person in this room and every person watching online, that you would just come and remind us of our identity as sons and daughters, and we're no longer orphans. We're no longer in the bondage of fear. We're no longer in the bondage of fear. Just begin to let him come and affirm your identity. You are my beloved. You are my beloved in whom I'm well pleased. You see, Jesus heard those words before he'd done anything in his ministry to please God. May the spirit of adoption, would you come and encounter your kids this morning, Daddy God? May our spirit cry out, Abba, Daddy. Let him come with that intimate love because he is love. Some of you may have not known that love as a father, of the father. If you've known him as God from afar, Ask him to come and reveal himself to you as Abba. Daddy. So often we scoot over and we say Abba Father. But we forget that Abba was the most intimate name. Is the most intimate name in Hebrew for Daddy. For, for Father. Just let him come and touch your heart this morning. Let him come and be your Daddy. We receive that love. Thank you, Lord. And some of you may find it hard to to know that he's a father you can trust. And some of you may have blamed God, blamed him for taking you through hard times, and you've not understood his plan for your life. For some of you, that's been painful and we want to acknowledge that. But we want to give you an opportunity just to repent for blaming God because he had a good plan for you. And so I give it to you. I give you my disappointment. If that's you, just say this with me. I give you my disappointment Forgive me for blaming you. And I ask that you would show me who you are, your loving heart. And I begin to trust that your plans for me are good. Just let him do that. You see, the Father wants your desert to bloom. He wants your desert to run with flowing, living water that will sustain your weak hands and your feeble knees. And so often that's how we feel, don't we? We feel weak. We feel tired. But there's a river that flows from the throne this morning that just wants to come and wash you, strengthen you, fill you, fill those dry places 
So every dry place, Holy Spirit, would you come and minister to us? Show us your goodness. Show us your faithfulness. That you've never left us as orphans, but you've come to us. And I ask, Father, that you remind each of us of our inheritance in Christ. That you've called us, you've called us to be sons and daughters who know who they are. They know their inheritance. You've given us all things in Christ Jesus. And so we just take back anything that the devil has stolen from us this morning. And some of you have allowed the enemy to say to you, if you are the son of God, if you truly are a son of God, because that's how he attacks us, right? Begin to allow the word of God to, to rise up. And I see the word of God as that sword of the spirit, that flaming sword that he longs and desires for each of us to pick up. You see, you can't do this fight for somebody else alone. You have to be the one that fights for your journey because the Holy Spirit lives in you and he's given authority over your life. And some of us need to start getting noisy before the Lord. So I want you to pick up the sword of the Spirit that the Bible talks about and Hold it in your hand, the Word of God that divides between flesh, marrow, joint, and bone. And the Word of God is living and active right now. It's a marriage of the sword, the Word of God, and the Spirit of God this morning. And we want to activate you. We want to activate you to say, this is what the Word said these are the promises that God's spoken over my life. These are the prophecies that are yet to be fulfilled. And, and some of you just need to begin to remind yourself. And in reminding yourself, getting quite vocal with the devil. And say, you cannot hold me. Dominion of darkness, you cannot stop the plans of God. So why don't we just pick up that sword and begin to get vocal, begin to remind the enemy, remind God what you've been called to, that you've called me to be a person of healing. You've told me that I'm going to prosper. You told me I'm going to be the head and not the tail. You told me that in Christ Jesus, I can do all things. You have told me in your word, God, that you work things all out for your good. Some of you need to start hearing the sound of your voice in your prayer times. Some of you need to start shifting the atmosphere around your life. Some of you need to start cutting away the depression, the anxiety, the gloom, the, the things that you're seeing in the natural around you. Some of you need to start taking authority over your bodies and over sickness. Some of you are, need to deal with the fear of catching COVID or the fear of getting really sick over something else. So why don't we just take a moment? And so we just, right now we yield and we wield our sword of the Spirit, Holy Spirit. Spirit, would you come and remove from us all the plans of the enemy? And would you come and prosper us in, in the things that you've called us to? Would you open doors that have been closed? Would you be the God of breakthrough for us that we need? 
And we just start encouraging our flesh to start working with the Holy Spirit in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so right now, we're going to invite you um, to just receive a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. And we want to invite anyone that wants to come forwards. We are coming to the end of our morning um, and we love you all. But if you've got time to receive a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit, because God wants to take you now in the power of the Holy Spirit away from this place, back to your homes, back to your workplaces and begin to show you your authority that you have in Christ. So Holy Spirit, I am asking for every person right now, just hold out your hands. And so you're going to receive a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. Thank you that we're seated in heavenly places. And right now we just receive all that you've got for us. A new new anointing, a new level of authority that overcomes, a new level of perseverance where we felt weak. And Father, I ask that we dig into your water of life this week, that we receive all that we need, that you would fill us with power to be your children, to be your heirs, power to be the heirs of heaven right now. So we just receive it, Lord. All that we need, all that you're asking for, just ask him now. He loves it when we ask him. And so everyone watching online right now, just receive fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit.